0: Hey Dreamers, this is Omar Zenholm from The $100 NBA Show reminding you to keep on dreaming and keep on listening to The Dreamers Podcast. This is The Dreamers Podcast, where dreamers share their stories to inspire you. Now, join host Joe Pardo as he interviews a dreamer who's living their dreams.
1: Hey, Dreamers, it's Ladder Day, where I help you achieve your dreams. Now, let's get climbing. If you have a question about what ladder to climb next on your journey to your dreams, please go to dreamerspodcast.com and hit the right to Joe button at the top left corner of the website. And I don't think it's actually at the top left. I think it's at the top right. <laughs> I really want to hear from you guys, and I want to know how I can help you out with your journey. Today, I have Stephen Warley. Is it w- Warley? Warley, yeah, Worley. you got it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Warley <laughs> from Unstuckable, uh, a podcast all about getting unstuck from the career that binds you. Would you would you say that's uh, a, yeah? A good we're, we're
0: trying to help people make that transition from employee to entrepreneur or whatever other big dream that you have. <laughs>
1: Right, just like, uh, I mean, I, I do on this show, but we, you know, it's broader, but you guys are, are very specific to what you guys do, and you, you kill it with the downloads, and I think everyone should go and listen, and I'm not, uh, you'll be on an uh, upcoming episode of Dreamers Podcast as well as an interview. Yeah, was. that was
0: a great conversation, I really enjoyed talking to you, I mean, you and I like covered a lot of territory, so. Yeah, well, we, I'm looking forward to listen to that again.
1: <laughs> well, we, yeah, we did to the point where it's like, I, I was like, oh, man, I got to get him back on. He's a minimalist. I love being minimal. Let's let's make this happen. So I'm really glad to have you back on the show, even though people haven't heard it yet.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I well, I think it's funny that they'll get the, on, the kind of the introduction to me as a minimalist, because it's when I really do think about it, Joe, I'm so glad that you're talking about this and you're allowing me to talk about this, because I think a lot of times there's a lot of. Just like any word out there, there's a lot of preconceived notions about what minimalism is. And I think kind of my take on it or the unstuckable take on minimalism is it's about being more intentional how you use your limited personal resources of energy, time, and money. So the American dream, we were all kind of sold and we were all taught to have it all. Well, I don't believe in that. Not that if if you want to have it all and that's your dream, go for it. But I think most of us, actually, there's certain things that we really want. And I think our, our version of minimalism is about prioritizing those needs and wants. It's about prioritizing your resources to make those things happen. So my wife and I, we're not really into having a big house. That's not our thing. We share one car. Um, but we both love traveling. We both love gardening. That's where we put our money. We love food. So we don't feel we want an extra glass of wine or dessert at, at a restaurant. We're not going to nickel and dime ourselves. But if that's not your thing... That's where you should nickel and dime yourself or that's where you should kind of really align and really look about how much time and money you're spending. So I know a lot of folks are on your show. They're talking about their dreams, a lot of people listening. And, and I'm, I don't know about you, Joe, but a lot of times people will say, how do people do it? I don't have the time. Where do you find the time? And I, and, you know, I start talking to them and I'm like, man, I can find lots of time in your life because there's lots of moments in your life that are totally out of sync of where you said you want to go, right? I mean, as a quick little exercise, folks, if you just want to write down saying, this is what I really would like to do. This is my ideal day of how I would want to spend my time. And then write down how you spend your time on an average day and see the discrepancy and look for opportunities of how you can start moving toward that opportunity. So I can go on and on, but I'll let you Jump in with a follow up question there, Joe.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, I love talking about minimalism, and, and it's, I love the idea of minimalism in, you know, small cars, small workspaces. Keeping everything off of your desk until you need it. Then you bring it on as you need it rather than just like, oh, I just, just the stuff from my old desk. And you know
0: what? Minimalism, it's not about like living like a monk, although some people view it as that. I think what you're describing is minimalism is about having clarity and focus. That's what it really is about. And I think in America, we're really super amazing at adding stuff into our lives. What we're really bad at. It's subtracting and taking things out of our lives. And if you want to make a big old change in your life that Joe's talking about all the time on his show and we're talking about on our show, you got to take stuff out of your life. And it's not just possessions and digital waste on your computer. It's obligations. It's relationships. That's a tough one. We're actually going to have a guy on our show talking just about social purging and like what are the different ways that people can do it and why people do it. Because you have to make room and space for that big change that you want to make.
1: Yeah, I mean, social purging is a huge, huge part of whether or not I feel that people can be successful uh, because you so often become, you know, a product of your environment. And- or like your mom
0: said, you know, you know, you are the company that you keep. She was right. Like, and when you would go off, and we were just talking about this on a call before I jumped on here, that a lot of times when people want to make this big transition, especially from employee to entrepreneur, you're really leaving one tribe for another, And it's hard and before you leave the tribe that you're comfortable with you got to start building up your new tribe so that way you know you have somewhere to go off to and i think a lot of people make that mistake all of a sudden when they try to work for themselves they start working from home they feel very lonely they really struggle because they didn't intentionally start building their new tribe and saying hey i used to hang around people who wanted the nine to five lifestyle now I need to f- hang out with people who are working from home or starting their own business or who are entrepreneurs.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that, that's, I mean that's a whole mindset that clutter can just eat away because there isn't Ugh. somebody telling you what to do all the time.
0: And it's, I'm glad to, I mean, a lot of times I have to clean my desk or my office before I can actually do work because I always believe that physical clutter is a representation of the clutter in my mind. So I feel like I have a sense of control. And what's so cool, a lot of... A lot of people feel very out of control in their life right now. There's just so much going on in the world. feel very overwhelmed. But a great way to remind yourself that you have a ton of control in your life again is to purge, to get rid of stuff. You have a choice to get rid of stuff out of your office, out of your house, out of your closet, people out of your lives, obligations off your calendar. You have full control over this
1: yeah and it's it's tough to take control again because there's nobody telling you what to do it's not you don't have the boss coming down and saying oh this is what you're supposed to be doing why are you doing this you should be doing that so it can be really difficult for people to find that that clarity and that focus even if in some cases if they were focused they because they're used to somebody telling them what to do that can be really detrimental to somebody who doesn't know what to do now.
0: And you know what? I, I'm dreaming one day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create this training, Joe. And if email me at getunstuck at unstuckable.co if you want me to do this training sooner. But I would love to do a training around how to purge to find yourself, how to get rid of stuff to know where you want to go. Because I really believe if, if you're listening right now and you're like, I know I'm not doing what I want to do right now, a great exercise to start. Finding out what it is you really want to do is by purging, by getting rid of stuff, because that's kind of like a communication with your your subconscious mind. All you know, just something as simple as looking at your closet—anything that you haven't worn in the last year, get rid of it. And the stuff that you're really emotionally attached to, like, but I don't want to get rid of this. You have to ask yourself why. Why are you holding on to that? Because the more, as you kind of get rid of physical possessions, you're starting to get rid of mental and emotional junk too. So I always love recommending that if you have no idea what you want to do with your life, start getting rid of stuff and you're going to start seeing what's not important to you and what's really important to you. And you're gonna be like, so weird that I'm hanging on to this stuff. I've never realized like how important this relationship was or this piece of clothing. And it says something about you and where you want to go.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. And I, you know, to go along with that, I know a past episode that I had Minimalist from MinimalMac.com, Patrick Roan on the show, he's the one that taught me that, how to do the hanger trick, where you turn your hangers all one way. And then oh, yes. as you wear them, you turn it the opposite way. So then you know every three months to four months to six months, you know which shirts have you worn, which shirts haven't you worn. Because as humans, we have a hard time figuring out time. <laughs> and we don't know. Like, we think it was last week, but it really was six months ago or a year ago. And, you know, obviously, there's clothes that we don't only wear to funerals or to very special cases. So, you want to have at least one or two ties or one or two of this or one or two of that. But for the most part, like, maybe that's all you really need. It's just one or two. You don't need a whole closet of ties and, and jackets if you only use a jacket like once a year.
0: Yeah. And another recommendation I think a lot of times when they hear a purge, I'm going to simplify my life, people think of this as a one time event in their life and that's it. We actually advocate it's a habit. It's something you want to do on a regular basis. You have monthly goals, weekly goals, daily goals that you're constantly saying, do I really need this? And just making that a habit so that we don't get back to that place again. We are completely overwhelmed by crap in your house, obligations, and too many relationships, people that you can't keep up with. I mean, even going through your Facebook page and Having the courage to like unfriend people that you truly don 't want to share information with that you don 't have a relationship with anymore who weren 't ever a friend in the first place but you friended them anyway, so whatever it is with the role of Facebook in your life, mine has changed now because we 're starting unstuckable, so I do want to be reaching out to a wider group of people but I think it 's something that you you do on a regular basis i regularly I probably run spring or am regularly purging my clothes it 's funny, I actually got so good at it Joe I recently was Going on a 10 day trip. And I realized I'm down to nine pairs of socks. <laughs> so I need to buy a few. And so I kind of, to me, I love that I'm getting to the bottom of some things, you know, I'm really getting to like, this is exactly what I need. And it takes up a lot less space. And I don't know about you, the more I get rid of stuff, I feel liberated. I feel lighter. And I think a lot of us, when we're feeling stuck or in this big transition, I think. We're we're burdened and purging and getting rid of stuff is this very transformative exercise and action you can take to start lightening your load emotionally, mentally, and physically.
1: I think that what you could do, though, I mean, instead of just saying, oh, I'm going to get rid of every single one of these shirts or that, what I what I did was I set limits so I can have so many of this type of T-shirt, you know, all these concert T-shirts. Okay, do I need every single one? No, not necessarily. I'll keep the ones that are really important. And the ones that I don't think are that important, I'll actually take a picture of them. Picture takes up no space.
0: I love this idea where people what happens is a lot of times we save things because of a memory. That it, that it conjures up for us, right? So this is a recommendation I've heard time and again too, is to take a picture of that, that memorabilia or whatever it is for you. And so that way you can still have that experience that you can look at that picture and be like, oh yeah, I remember this, this t-shirt, what it did for me, because that is the fun of saving stuff and having some of this stuff. You know, I was a history major and I love helping people bring back stories from other parts of their own life and history. And I think sometimes you need these images to help you do that. So, I think well, to your point, it's a great way to keep the memory, have a trigger, but without taking up a lot of space.
1: I know uh, a good friend of mine who I hope to have on the show at some point. He's actually traveling by bicycle across America right Ooh, now. Ooh, that's a good one. Nerdsacrossamerica.com. I gotta check that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool what they're doing. You know, I asked him because he lives in Philly and he, he's been a minimalist for, for, the, for pretty much all his life. So, what he does is he just keeps like a box of memories. And, and that's it. Like it's like a shoebox, and that's that's what he gets. Well, maybe it's a little bit bigger than shoebox, but he would move from apartment to apartment. And I'm like, dude, if I had to do that every time, I'd have way too much crap. I mean, even just stuff like stashed up in the attic. Not that I'm over, but you know, I try to keep my my work area, my my living area clean. And sometimes it gets a little cluttered in the storage area.
0: Well, that's why I always put mine in the basement, and then I actually make a special kind of intention to go down to the basement every once in a while just get rid of stuff because it's a process you'll find that you'll go through your boxes you'll go through your closet you you get rid of stuff like don't be too hard as long as you're kind of getting stuff out that you really don't need or want and then go back to it in six months you'll find you're like how come i didn't get rid of this because then you're for some reason your mind is ready to let go even more stuff when you think about all the big changes that you want to make in life or happen to you in life in terms of getting married having a child, going on a big trip for a month or moving locations or changing your job, whether you realize this or not, a lot of times when that happens, you're getting rid of stuff because it's just a natural law. In order to make room for a new big change in your life, you have to get rid of other stuff that are no longer helpful to you in terms of enjoying or experiencing that change.
1: So to go along with that, I believe that everything pays rent. Right. Whether it's going to pay necessity or pleasure, the bigger the item, the more rent it's got to pay because you, you pay by square footage for your rental of your apartment or your house, you know, mortgage on your house. And there's only so much space for your stuff and you,
0: you know, what shocks me that to that point, people pay lots and lots of money for storage of stuff that they never see again. It's sometimes it's there for years. They have no idea what they even have. And when it's that far out of your mind, let it go. Obviously, you don't need it anymore. It's not doing anything for you in your life. Or another way I like to look at it, it's kind of a pay it forward idea that a lot of times your rental idea, I actually feel like I'm a steward of things. Like I this computer, technically I own, but if I stop using it and it's still functional, why do I want to hold on to it when I could put it back out into the world so somebody else can use it? So I've learned, at least for me personally, I no judgment here, that I feel that I'm actually being selfish if I'm holding on to stuff that I am not using and know I'm not going to use.
1: So there was a post a long time ago that I read and basically it was talking about you own everything in the world. You just have to go to eBay and claim it for a price. Right.
0: <laughs> That's a really cool way to look at it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah so it's like the, the amount that you would pay for storage, to your point about storage, you could just... Not put it in storage, sell it, and when and if you need it again, I mean, I wouldn't sell it right away. If you need, you know, depending on the item, depending on the usefulness, necessity, whatever, you know, keep hang on to it for for. Five, six months, put like a date on it and in your calendar and then go back to it and say, do I still need this? Now, depending on the item, you might not want to wait six months because you very well could be w- having that depreciate during those six months where it could be like, hey, this this iPhone will not be worth what it is today. I can sell it today instead of waiting six months to decide I'm going to sell it.
0: Another thing that I think when people want to get rid of stuff, they always want to make money off of it because we live in this age where we're like, oh, put it on Craigslist, put it on eBay. You can get some money for it, right? I think that is an opportunity, but to your point, I think you need to put on a date. If that thing isn't moving or selling, you still got to donate it, get rid of it somehow. And I'm also an advocate of trying to donate as much as you can or recycle as much as you can. I'm just not pulling, pulling it out to the curb and putting it into a landfill. But I think a lot of times I want to sell it and I'm waiting to get the right price is kind of a procrastination tactic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's tough. It's tough. That's why you got to date things. Because like I said earlier, you humans don't have any concept of time. So
0: how long have you when did you get your awareness for minimalism? How long have you been kind of intentionally doing this?
1: Oh, man, dude, I've been making the most out of my little space. Uh, since I was grow like probably about 12 years old, 13 years old, I was.
0: It's funny if you got our mothers on the phone. I bet they could trade notes. My mother always said, "You, Stevie, you live like a monk. A monk. You have nothing on your walls. You, you just have. You don't have a lot of stuff." And even as a kid, I was never one for like yeah, certain toys or things that I wanted, but I never had that need to have lots of stuff. I mean, I did have collections. I did get in- interested into collecting different things, which I have since gotten rid of and purged. But I would say that was about the extent of my need to possess things.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, my, my walls were quite different, but maybe I'll post a couple pictures. <laughs> my walls <laughs> used to be plastered with posters, pictures from events I was at, you know, every badge from every conference and convention I was at. And...
0: But I think you're bringing it up on point, point whether you realize or not. I think where we are in society now, there's kind of a quiet debate about what we value. We used to see a lot of our self-worth through material things. Now there's a growing movement to see our self-worth our self worth through experiences, instead of spending that money on stuff that, you know, will only eventually like disintegrate and go go away. That it's actually stuff that you can transform and have this memory, this experience that you can have for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, you know, I I had a conversation with a friend of mine, Shane, who I hope to have on the show at some point. He's a author and programmer and does a lot of really cool stuff but he and i had a conversation about what if i had all the money in the world and i could just buy anything and my point to him was i wouldn't want to just buy anything and everything because i would still want to do the research to get the best the most value of whatever it is i buy sure i might spend more money on it
0: or it's not even just the best value, but it's the product that best is on alignment with your needs.
1: That too. I mean, it's, so it's more than just like, oh, let me, you know, there's 10 microphones that I could buy. Let me just buy all 10 and see which one works.
0: And a lot of times I'm the person, especially when it comes to apps and technology, I don't want all the bells and whistles. You know, I, it's all – that was just all engineers and marketers who keep lumping on all that stuff just to make it more valuable. I like – Super simple applications, you know, I've been using Hootsuite. We do use that. But a lot of times I like Buffer app because I think it's a much simpler thing to use. You know, I've always liked Twitter more than Facebook because I thought it was cleaner and easier to like look at lists of information rather than the way Facebook presents its information. Right. So it's even just bringing awareness to all these different things, because at the end of the day, you're trying to minimalism is to me, at least it's about making better use of that time, money and energy, you know, energy, your energy gets depleted, the more you have to worry about how expensive things are. Like, you know, we kind of joke, like if anybody ever broke into our condo, there's really not much to steal, you know? And so we don't have that worry or time, you know, you have to spend all that extra time researching or protecting things or worrying about where it is, or where you're going to put it or how you're going to take care of it. And then money is just all that extra money that you might be spending on something just to, whether you realized or not, just to keep up with the Joneses. Just because society said you needed that, even though you as an individual said, I really don't want that. My entire adult life, most of my adult life, I didn't even have, have a car. I lived in Hoboken, so I didn't need a car. And then even my first three years in Boston, got around on a bike and mass transportation, just didn't need a car. And I love that because think of all the burdens. Everybody thinks of the freedom of the car, but cars actually have a lot of burdens. You know, they're constantly spending money on them. You got to figure out where you're going to park it. There's something going wrong with it. You might get broken into. So a lot of times as much freedom, as cars bring us into our lives, it also brings us, in today's economy and world, it brings us a lot of burdens.
1: You just named two cities. So, I mean, not everybody lives in a city or, or you know, a, a close enough, tight enough suburb where they wouldn't need it. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. To a point. But I guess
0: as an example, it's just something to think about even in your own world when you live in the suburb or a rural area, there is your own expression of how you can be, yes, if... if You know, my wife and I end up living in a rural area because we have a farm. We're totally going to, we might need two cars, you know, because then it's a more need. But given the the accessibility of resources that we have, that it doesn't necessarily always make sense. But it's, I guess I kind of bring, bring up a dramatic example like that just to challenge people. You know, Joe, just to make us think. A lot of times we take a lot of things for granted that you have to have this. But do you? Ask yourself that question. That's all. And then if you say, yeah, I need this for X, Y, and Z, great. Now you, I bet you're going to be even, even more appreciative out of that possession than ever before.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, putting yourself inside the box and constraining yourself is is more creative. That's where you get creative than other, you know, otherwise. Yeah. So with that I'd love to offer up if you have any last thoughts before we depart
0: yeah I, I think minimalism you're gonna if you're into this and you start researching a lot of it out there or you, you're kind of an aspiring minimalist I just want to leave people know it like, there's no one way to do it I know sometimes like anything else there's actually minimalism status symbols like how, you know how few things that you're able to live by I don't think that's what minimalism's about it's really as I said in the beginning it's about aligning your limited time, energy, and money toward your goal. It's about prioritizing what you really need and want in life, not what everybody else thinks that you need.
1: And how can everybody connect with you?
0: We'd love for you to, if you can, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. It's Unstuckable. Or you can visit our website at unstuckable.co and join our community. We just created a private Facebook group. So a lot of people there sharing information about how they can transition from employee to entrepreneur. So if that's you, we'd love to have you come hang out in our new community.
1: Well, that, that's me, and I, I would love for everybody to go and, and join.
0: Oh, are you part of the Facebook group yet? N- I don't think so. I'm sending you a link right now. Awesome. I'm looking You'd forward love to, to have it. You. You're, you're exactly the person we want mixing it up in there.
1: <laughs> well, thank you very much, Stephen, for coming on. I really appreciate it.
0: No, thank you so much, and I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about middleism. It's a topic that, I, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about.
1: <laughs> it's what I love here, passion. And dreams and passion.
0: Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dreamers Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dreamers Podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dreamerspodcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Dreamers Podcast, please send an email to j at jpar.co. This podcast is copyright 2014 by JPAR.co.
1: Today's background music has been provided by Tom Amin. You can check out more about Tom Amin at TomAminMusic.com.